Welcome to Founder Views. My name is Costa. I'm your host and co-founder of Web for Realty, a SaaS company that I bootstrapped out of my parents' basement with no money and no tech experience into a fully remote company doing seven figures in ARR. I'm taking you through my SaaS journey in real time as I talk about business situations I'm going through, thinking about, or just find interesting. My purpose is not to give you the answers, but to spark something in your mind that can help improve your business along the way. So if you're in SaaS and you accept recurring revenue, probably the most important tool you need is a revenue management platform. It wasn't until we implemented Chargeify where we became a real SaaS company. Chargeify helps manage all of our subscribers. We're able to create different product categories, create add-on components, and charge clients for one-time services. They also provide deep revenue and churn metrics so you know exactly where your business stands at any point in time. One of my favorite features is the ability to customize your dunning strategy sequence so you can recover as much revenue as possible. That alone will pay for the software and then some. Uh, Chargeify is so incredibly featureful. It can integrate with any payment processor with only a few clicks. Uh, I'm a numbers and finance guy and I can't imagine running a SaaS company without Chargeify. Uh, from a revenue collection and finance point of view, Chargeify literally does it all. If you want to step up your business and become a real SaaS company, look no further than Chargeify. Now, I'm able to provide an exclusive promo only to my listeners. I'm getting you the first month of Chargeify completely free, plus free premium onboarding. Uh, The thing is, this deal is only good if you sign up before the end of the year. You have to sign up before the end of 2019, and they have to know that I sent you. So go to Chargeify.com and sign up. That's Chargeify.com, and make sure you tell them you you want the founder views promo. You have to let them know in order to be eligible. Go to Chargeify.com to get started. You won't regret it. In this episode, I'm speaking with David Hensel, the CEO of TaskDrive. TaskDrive helps companies improve their outbound sales efforts by providing qualified leads through personal outreach. They also help verify leads in your existing CRM to make sure they're accurate and qualified, among other services. Uh, David actually bought TaskDrive about a year and a half ago, and he's been scaling up the company ever since. He also has other portfolio companies he runs aside from TaskDrive. So we're talking about many different topics in this episode, including the benefits of outsourcing your workforce. Uh, He gives some really good advice on how you can get influencers to help gain traction if you're just starting out in business. Uh, Of course, we're talking about outbound sales and specific outbound sales strategies that work. Uh, David also shares some of his and his team's favorite tools to stay organized and productive. Uh, He also drops uh, quite a few gems in this episode, including some great questions to ask uh, your next hire and some amazing book recommendations that really helped positively impact uh, his businesses, uh, which I've already ordered. Um, So I had such a great time chatting with David. This is an episode you're sure to get a lot of value from. So without further ado, here's my chat with David Hensel. All right, David, thank you so much for joining me on the Founder Views podcast. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Costa. Amazing. So you currently run Task Drive. Uh, you're, a, you're a veteran entrepreneur, as I can see. You started a few businesses, had a couple of exits as well, which uh, we'll, we'll certainly dive into. But uh, do you mind just telling our audience a bit about yourself, some of your past experiences and what you're up to today? 
Sure. So what I'm up to today is I have a small portfolio of businesses. TaskTrap is one of them. Um, I also have L2B Plus, where we provide live chat agents, and um, Shortlist.io, where we do backlink building, and it's like an outsourced marketing team. Um, another portfolio company is 50 SaaS, where we build SaaS businesses, and we, we have a framework. We use Laravel Spark. And we have a bunch of libraries that allow us to build SaaS businesses really, really fast. And with 50 SaaS, we launched, we have launched a bunch of SaaS businesses, Referral Magic, Cleanify, and um, a few others are in the works. And I also, so my, my main focus right now is organizational and leadership development. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm helping the leaders of my companies grow. And... Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm currently up to. And in terms of past experiences, do you want me to focus in on on a particular business or just kind of tell you my my story on, on how I got here? Uh, honestly, whatever whatever you feel is relevant. Um, backstory is I'm originally from Germany. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Um, first, I... I went to 14 different schools. I was kind of lost. I didn't really fit into the system. And then at some point I found entrepreneurship and this was really the thing for me. And um, yeah, I had, had a bunch of businesses, sold my e-commerce business in Germany in 2006 or seven, which gave me the money to get my investor visa to move to the States. I always wanted to move to <clears throat> America because back then in Germany, there was no real startup scene. And um, I want to be uh, where the action was happening. So, yeah, sold my business, moved to Los Angeles and co-founded MaxCDN, a content delivery network, which we sold three years ago. And um, then moved back to Europe. My wife wanted to be close to the family. And I couldn't go back to German weather conditions. So we somehow ended up in the south of Turkey, which is really nice here. And... Um, first I decided to do, I want to do nothing and just chill, but I got really bored. And so somehow I ended up with this portfolio of businesses. Nice. Uh, so that, that's pretty awesome. A lot to sort of dive into there. Um, would you, is it fair to say that you're sort of mostly known for task drive? Is that the biggest portfolio company you'd say? It's task drive has been around for the longest cause I, I bought task drive, um, it was, uh, my old business partner at MaxCDN who was running sales, got really obsessed with the outbound sales model. We, um, work with Aaron Ross, the, um, the author of predictable revenue who kind of came up with the, um, yeah, with the outbound sales model and, um, Samir got so obsessed with this idea of outbound sales that he left MaxCDN two years before we sold it and started Task Drive, um, which does lead research, which helps um, people to do better outreach. And um, he, after we sold MaxCDN, he also had another business with his brother, which was also sold. He decided he only wants to play in the stock market and so he wanted to get rid of the business and so I, I bought it from him so i'd say task drive is the one that's has the biggest brand because it has been around for the longest got you and uh so you bought task drive how long ago was that mm, a year and a half ago 
Oh, okay. So that's pretty recent. And and how how old is Task Drive? Um, let's see. I guess four years. I'd say. Yeah, something like oh, this. Okay, cool. So, um, how how big were they when you bought them? Were they still like you know sort of gaining traction? Do they already have significant revenue and customer base? They, in, in terms of employees, I'm, I'm, I usually don't share share revenue numbers. In terms of employees, they're at like. 30 or 40 employees and okay, so. currently with LTV plus and um, Tastraf combined it's it's owned by the same entity we're a little over 100 employees right now okay so you bought them uh, they're still pretty significant I guess 30 40 employees um, it is, so let's talk about task drive specifically um, mm-hmm. are, are you guys a fully remote team or do you have offices we do have offices, but the majority of the people are remote. People can come to the office, but they don't have to. We have one office here in Bodrum where I live, but it's mainly for executive planning or retreats when we fly people in. Um, and we also have an office in Lviv in the Ukraine where um, we, we have a lot of people in Ukraine, and um, but only a handful of people come to the office. It's mainly a remote company. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I'm also very obsessed with outbound sales. Like my company was pretty much built on outbound sales. It still grows through that marketing channel as well. Um, we're also fully remote and, you know, we've done a ton of outsourcing and just use resources for different tasks from all over the world. So, so I understand the model uh, that that task drive provides, you know, I'm comfortable with the model, definitely see the value. Uh, But on the other hand, I also know a ton of people in business who really can't wrap their heads around the idea of outsourcing, like, you know, a sales component of the business and communicating an outsourced team into, or, or yeah, like bringing an outsourced team into the organization and integrating them. Uh, so like, what's your response to those people who, who are sort of hesitant or on the fence? I mean, with technology these days with zoom and, and video calls, et cetera, it becomes, it, it becomes so easy to um, communicate with each other. It's like being in the same room. And if you don't, I think the only thing that's challenging if you have a fully remote team is to get the culture right. But there's, there's also ways on, on how you can do, do that in terms of, um, actually, maybe we, we, st- we stick with people who are, who are scared of, of hiring remote. Um, at Maxidian, we, we started the, the outbound game and um, we saw our, sales reps in the Los Angeles office go through LinkedIn and picking out people who they want to contact. And this was just like an absolute waste of, of highly paid sales guys. So we decided to outsource this in um, overseas because they can get do, do a better job with people there on this and at, at less than half of the cost. And also for, for live chat agents, we want to get 24-7 live chat coverage with MaxCDN and we want to hire in Los Angeles. But A, it was really um, expensive. And secondly, we, we couldn't f- find good people who are tech savvy and are willing to do the night shifts. Um, and then we looked overseas and we found some people in Serbia and we built a pretty big office there. We had like 50 people there or so. And this was kind of our superpower that allowed us as a bootstrap company to compete with the big guys. So uh, I don't see 
if you, you know, maybe if you have too much venture money and you just have to burn it, it, it makes sense to hire everybody local. But, you know, you, you find you can hire the best talent all over the world and you're not, you know, bound by the location where you are. Los Angeles is so expensive to live and you know we we what we did in the beginning is um hire people from from wherever and then move them to Los Angeles but it's just like this this, this model doesn't work anymore I think yeah I I totally can relate I, I understand when you know when we we were bootstrapped as well and we started out we had no money to hire developers so what do we do we obviously you know went overseas and got a lot of good talent for a fraction of the price. And, you know, I think that's such a, like you said, such a superpower, like a, a major advantage for, for a lot of companies that they can utilize, but it's sort of a, an under talked about subject for some reason that, that people aren't taking advantage of. So um, I get it now about the remote setup. Like you, you mentioned, uh, you know, communication, obviously that's very easy with, with the tools in place now. And I'm glad you, you mentioned about culture. Cause I was going to bring that up as well. Um, cause that is a very difficult thing to, uh, to do, uh, and to absorb with, with, a, with a remote team. Uh, so what are some things that you guys do to, to sort of work on the culture and make sure people are integrated properly and just motivated and all that we do a lot of things <clears throat> starts in the hiring process that we um have people sign our core values at the end of the contract that they sign with us and that you know like if you don't have to initial next to each core value that they really understand that this is something that is a requirement and if you don't live up to these core values then this may be a reason for termination um we use our core values and our mission and our vision as a as a filter for every decision and also every, you know, we explain people our decisions based on our core values. So everybody can make the decisions the same way that we, that we would do them. We do a um, mission vision values call with all the new hires that we, um, you know, each month we do one call with all the new hires. And then I go through the, the core values, mission vision um, and tell, tell core value stories to each core value, some, some stories on how we made decisions. Um, we do monthly town hall meetings where everybody gets together. Um, we do stand-ups where everybody, and always a rule with the video calls is video has to be on and mics have to be on. So people are really present and focused. We have a buddy system where people, um, you know, somebody that joins new gets, gets a buddy that can, he can connect with and reach out to if they have any questions. We do, oh, it's like really a, a long list of, of things that we do to make sure that, that culture is right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, you definitely do a lot of good stuff from, from the sounds of it. I think uh, just having a lot of that face-to-face, well, not face-to-face, but camera-to-camera uh, communication with team really, like, makes a significant impact, I think. With, uh, we, we also do local meetups. So um, it's we have a lot of people in the Philippines and it would be too expensive to fly everybody over to meet up here or, or to meet up at, at, at one place. So what we do is we um, have zones or clusters in the Philippines. So it's three, three areas and we have people get together on a regular basis and, um, you know, do like a, everybody gets together in a hotel and they I don't know, do some fun activities together and, and kind of, you know, see each other in person. And it's all something that really um, increases trust 
with amongst each other because i think like culture kind of equals to if you have good culture means that people are trusting trust trust the company trust their abilities trust that they can bring up problems um without being you know without getting into trouble for for speaking up and so this is something that is very cost efficient and um yeah has, has really good good benefits one example in the beginning before we did the cluster meetups we had after our town halls <clears throat> we always asked if there's any other questions that people have um and nobody ever said anything and um because they're they're scared to bring something up but after they had the meetups um they were way more open to communicate with us and, and bring up questions or or potential problems yeah that's interesting love it yeah you're, you're right that trust huge component of course um so I, I want to dive into, uh, you know, something like a lot of my listeners, they are early stage founders and like in different industries, particularly in SaaS. Uh, but a struggle that I see a lot of early stage founders have is, is the sales and just gaining their first handful of customers and traction. They don't really know where to begin. Um, so I know you weren't, you know, with Task Drive specifically, but you obviously started several other companies. But how did you get um, the first handful of clients and gain traction with some of your portfolio companies? Do you have a t- particular method or, or what it's, are your thoughts? It's, usually it's, um, I'm selling into my network. Um, something that, that works, works really well. is just like to do like a little Facebook video where I introduce a new business and tell people what we're doing and kind of what we're offering, who we're helping and, um, give people a really good deal in the beginning. Um, because when you start a new business, you want to definitely have some customers, even if you don't charge them a lot, or even if you don't make a lot of money or even no money on with them, you want somebody who really uses your product, who can give you feedback so you can refine everything from product to processes, etc. Um, and yeah, I, f- I find just like using my existing network for this is, is something that works really, works really, really well for me. Okay. That, that makes sense. Like what about people who, who don't have like a big network or a big following? Um, you know, but you know, they're say a great developer, they've built this great app, but just don't know where to start in terms of how to sell. So one thing you can do is you can reach out to influences in your market. Um, the co-founder of WP engine, uh, told me how he got, when, when they start building WP engine, um, he reached out to 90 some people in the WordPress industry who were influencers or like, you know, the yeah pe- people who, who know what's going on in the WordPress world. And he asked me like, Hey, um, I'm building this WordPress hosting thing here. And um, I'd, since you're a thought leader in the industry, I'd love your feedback on, you know, what do I really have to build? And um, I'll pay you whatever your, your hourly salary or your hourly cost is i would love to jump on the call with you and i think over 80 people jumped on the call with him and none of these people charged him and by doing this you get you really get the feedback on what you have to build what are the actual pain points in the market and then if you keep these people in the loop on you know your further development you also build like a bunch of advocates that will then help you to sell your product or potentially use your product because they had some some say and input into what was created there, so they kind of feel that they have some um, 
yeah, it, it's kind of their, their, their thoughts that are being developed there. And um, yeah, that's, that's something that also works really, really well. That's true. I, I have a lot of experience with that as well. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of early stage folks sort of, and just people in general actually uh, don't realize, like there's a lot of people out there, very successful, experienced uh, entrepreneurs and business people who, who really don't mind providing feedback and giving their time for free to, to help others grow. Um, like you'd be, I think a lot of people might be surprised at how many people out there are, are willing to do that. So, so that's interesting. And there's also platforms like Growth Mentor or Clarity.fm where you can jump on calls with people who've been there, done that, and then you can leverage their, their network. Um, also, you know, like when, once you're on a call with somebody like this, at the end of the call, um, you know, sales guy one-on-one always ask like, who else should I talk to? Is there somebody you can introduce me to who would be a good fit for this? So who could have good insights into this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just, you know, it's kind of snowball effect from there. Yeah. Growth mentor is a great example. We're sort of talking about that offline. Um, I, I'm one of those people who give my time for free. Like I, you know, I love giving, uh, sharing my experiences and insights. It'd be a shame to sort of bottle that in for myself when I can hopefully help someone else further along their journey. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for the sake of not like jumping around and talking about strategies with too many different companies, because I know you have a lot like under your belt, so, like sticking with task drive. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of the most uh, effective growth channels that are working for you currently? Like, do you have a favorite place you like to invest your, your marketing and sales dollars in right now? I mean, outbound, of course, is something because we are kind of eating our own dog food. Um, then inbound is also a big thing for us. With, with with shortlist we um we we do backlink generation and um also I've, I've always been focusing on on inbound marketing with maxi and this was like one of the key drivers of of the business so definitely inbound if you, if you rank well on google it's the gift that keeps on giving um with with the outbound sales if you focus on customers then it's like you know you snipe but you don't you don't grow something so the the other aspect, um, so I guess it's yeah, it's direct sales via outbound. It is inbound via SEO, and uh, the third thing is partnerships. It's like my my actually I think my favorite channel. Always creating win 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 situations um, by partnering up with. Uh, you know, I'll give you Maxi an example. Um, we were a content delivery network making websites faster, so we approached um, W three Total Cash, which was the the go-to caching plugin for WordPress back in the days. It's, it's still very popular. And we asked them like, hey, you're, people come to you to get their websites faster. How about we integrate Max CDN so they have an easy way of making a website even faster. And we pay you a commission if somebody buys. And so he wins through the commission. We win because we make money. And his customers or his users win because they get to make the site faster in a very friction, frictionless manner. So finding these um, strategic partners, I think, is you know something that um, yeah has been working really well for me. Love it. It's funny, like everything you're saying. I feel we have so much in common with uh, with our businesses. It's crazy. Like you, you took something uh, right out of words out of my mouth, which I was going to ask you next. And like I, I would assume a good model that works for you is. Uh, similar to pro- approach to what you're providing your clients, like, you know, eating your own dog food when it comes to sales and in the outbound. Um, 
So can you walk me through what a typical outbound sales rep would do on a day-to-day? So, I mean, first determining what what you're going to do and um, who you're you're kind of defining the ICP, the ideal customer profile, defining the campaign on what you want to offer this customer or what kind of value you want to provide them. Um, and then building building a list of these people and then finding like a, a nugget of information that makes it really personalized, like either like, hey, I heard you on this podcast or like something. So it's not just like a, a pray and spray approach um, because like this just doesn't really work anymore. Um, just like to to email thousands and ten thousands of people, um, Google became really good with detecting spam and detecting repetitive messages. So you kind of have to come up with something that's that's personalized. And um, yeah, then reaching out to people. I I did do an omni-channel outreach. Hit them up on LinkedIn via email, on WhatsApp, Skype, whatever you cold calling um different people respond to different things um and yeah i guess that's that's the the standard game and i'm always a a fan of playing the long game so maybe like the one the the thing like getting advice from people as i mentioned before or maybe doing a roundup post where you reach out to people and ask them for like hey we're doing this piece on xyz and you know would would like to get you two cents can do you have time for a 15 minute call where we interview you and then you um a you create a good piece of content b you give this person some exposure um for for personal brand building and they get the backlink to their business and um see he gets to know you you build rapport and if he you know likes you sees what, what you're doing then maybe you get a customer Nice, nice. That makes sense. Uh, I agree. Like uh, a big focus of mine right now as well for, for my company is is working on partnerships and affiliates. Um, do you use a similar like personal outbound approach to connecting with affiliates? Oh, yeah. Um, we had um, at Maxidian, we used, uh, we had Commission Junction and like a bunch of other, um, we are part of networks and we had like, I don't know, 10,000 of affiliates. But the only affiliates that really made damage in terms of bringing our sales were the ones that I personally hand selected and thought like, okay, this guy can be a really good partner. Um, and yeah, so uh, this is why outbound is, is so important for, um, for finding good affiliates and partners. They will not, they rarely come to you. You have to be, you have to pick them yourself. I agree. Uh, do you, does, uh, do you do affiliates with task drive as well? I mean, yeah, we have customers. Oh, yeah, we have an affiliate program, yeah. That, that we, okay. we, we pay 10% of revenue that we generate. Okay. To the, to the affiliate. Is, is that a, like a significant part of revenue right now or is that something you're still building? No, we, we, we've set it up and I pushed it in the beginning, but then I um, focused on something else, but something we're currently picking up again with the partnerships that we're focusing on. Nice. You have to also always be, be careful. Some partners don't want the affiliate money. You know, there's diff- different types of people. You know, like somebody who's already doing the affiliate game and kind of makes his money with this. They're totally down to do this and promote you hard. But other people feel maybe a little bit dirty when they recommend people over for, for money. You know, they, they think it's clean. I just like to do it because, because it's good value for people to 
you know, because you're closing a success gap of them. Yeah, no, makes makes complete sense. Um, I was going to bring up this topic later on, but you sort of touched on it is like, you know, you're, you started on the affiliate program and then sort of got a sidetrack with, with other things or, or put it down the list. Um, so, so I'm curious, like you run a successful and busy, like com- actually companies. Um, so what does a typical day look like for you? You know, it's a question I get asked a lot. So I'm curious to ask other CEOs, how, how their, how their days look and, uh, what you do f- to improve your productivity and stay focused and all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a total productivity nerd. Um, so I do time boxing um, from six to nine. That's always my my morning routine that I have um, on Mondays, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I go to the gym, um, and yeah, my calendar is basically everything is kind of blocked out for specific things that I'm doing on Monday. I have meetings with all the portfolio businesses. We do something called level 10 meetings. It's coming from a book called Traction, which is really, 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 really amazing. I highly recommend that you read this book, Traction by Gina Wickman, where they teach you the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. It really changed my life and all my businesses. Um, and um, on Fridays, I have one-on-ones with the, uh, with the people who are running these businesses. With the leads and um yeah the middle of the week is more focus and getting stuff done nice that's that's interesting you said the book is called traction by who's yes. the author gino wickman there's two traction books um one is yeah by the duck guy but it's like um not the not the right one it's by gino wickman it's black and orange and once I had like one of the guys who who runs one of the portfolio businesses, I asked him to read the book and then he said, like, okay, I read it. And then we started chatting about it and he's like, started talking about the book and he's like, dude, what, what did you smoke? What are you talking about? And then we find out he actually read another book that's also called Traction. So <laughs> get, the one, get the one from Gina Wickman. Uh, that's funny. It's funny. I recommended a book to someone as well, uh, like a sales book. And he got another book uh, with the same title, I think, but... But, but luckily, like that, that book he got was actually really good as well. Like he was implementing <laughs> it. So, so that was pretty funny. Um, all right. What, what about tools for like your company? Do you have any favorite apps and tools that your company uses as a, as a whole to stay productive? I mean, um, the Google apps is, of course, the absolute staple for actually we use a lot of Google products. We use, um, you know, the standard Google apps stuff. Gmail and um, um, Google Docs. Then we use Google Classroom for, for training people. It's like an LMS, a learning management system. And we use Google Sites to have like an internal, like an intranet where we also have um, um, videos that where we explain stuff for people or like kind of like employee of the month and recognition and shout outs and stuff like this. So yeah, the Google nice. Suite is something that's that's really really really. I've good. actually I'm never not. never heard of Google Classroom. That sounds mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty good. Nice. And you know, like I just saw somebody. Uh, I saw a tweet. It was like um, you use Slack and you use you know kind of a list of of products that everybody's kind of using, and then this turns if you in every everywhere you pay per user. And this kind of comes down to like $160 per month per user. And you could get all this by just using 
the Google suite. You know, I saw that. Of, I saw that tweet. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a and, good one. You know, especially with with Task Drive and LTV Plus, where it's like a people heavy business. You know, it's like it really adds to the cost tremendously. Abs- absolutely, um, for sure. One thing I do actually, like twice a year, is I I do like literally line by line expense audit because you know, as you know, like there's just new tools and apps that just come out every single day, and a lot of them are often better or do the same thing with apps compared to apps that you're currently using. Um, and I can easily save my company a good, you know, $5,000 a year just by like going line by line, either canceling a product, using something new, downgrading. Um, so it's a, it's a quick little hack to, to increase margin a bit. So what, what we do is we have a sheet where we track all the apps that we're using. Um, and you know how many users we currently have, how, how much we for for annual payments and for for monthly recurring payments. And um, every time somebody in the business wants to use a new service, they have to reach out to um, you know a certain email address, request it, and then we make sure we add it. Um, this came up yesterday again. Like uh, we bought like a for one customer, we bought a LinkedIn account and a um, Google. Gmail accounts to send out emails for them. And we never, this kind of fell through the cracks and it was like over a thousand dollars that we racked up for just, you know, throwing it out the window. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really important that you keep keep track of this stuff. And uh, sure. also and another thing is what, you, what we do once a year is we look at all the vendor contracts that we have and renegotiate and see if we can get a better deal. Yeah, that, that's a good one too, for sure. Um, but you want to switch gears a little bit. Um, I see you do some paid ads on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm curious, have you done enough testing like on Facebook to determine if it's a profitable marketing source? I think we're currently only doing retargeting, which is not that expensive. Okay. I think it's an important thing that people kind of see your brand a few more times once they visited you but i, I was with, with one business we we're going to lean we will lean more into the paid ads channel but i was never super successful with with paid ads so i was like kind of okay but never like oh my god that's you know best shit ever so i think you can it's there's there's so many ways on how you can mm, market but i guess it's it if you want to crush it you have to kind of focus on a few and get good at them and paid ads was never really my my thing so um yeah. i like to stick with what i'm what i'm good at nice and that's outbound that's outbound seo mainly outbound seo yeah. and partnerships as i mentioned before yeah nice um all right perfect what about what about metrics like i, I see you're also doing a talk on uh, at growth mentors uh, first mm-hmm. annual uh, growth summit which i'll also be speaking in but your talk uh, is about uh, I saw finding your company's North Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you, you sort of mentioned that with uh, the company mission and vision. But uh, like, what are some of the most important metrics that you use to measure your company's success and ensuring it's moving in the right direction? Oh, it's um, part of traction is that you figure out your scorecard. And this is like the, the, the metrics that you need to see if, um, you know, if you're on an island for three months and you want to, um, figure out if the company is still doing good. What is the stuff that you really want to look at? And um, for me, it's very simple. For for Task Drive, it's new business, churn business, idle resources, 
the number of blog posts that we put out, the number of sales calls that we have, and the profit that we make. This is like the really the, the key thing that, that I'm, I'm looking out for. Yeah, from a, very, from a very high level. Yeah, very very simple, logical, and uh, I think too many people get they get too uh, too fancy, too granular with these metrics, and you sort of uh, get confused by the end of it. Yeah, I mean, we we also have like um, detailed metrics, but this is like the the high level stuff that I look at, and then if one of them is off, I kind of drill into the more detailed metrics to figure out like why is it off. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I love how you describe that though. Metrics uh, to see like if you're on an island for three months, uh, if you want to see if your company's still doing good, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I like it. Um, David, wait, I do want to be mindful. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, please go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like we are, I do want to be mindful of your time. Um, I do end off each chat with what I call the top three. Uh, but before that, did you have something else you wanted to to throw in or? Um, just in terms of mission, vision, values, I think it's with Max CDN, we first, I always thought that nobody needs mission, vision, values. It's like, you know, you, you, you maybe need this to, for the, the presentation that you do for a VC to raise some money, but it's, it has no practical, practical value in the day to day. And, um, I really fell on my face with Max CDN because we didn't define our, mission, vision, values, and then we grew really fast. We didn't tell anybody what our mission was, and then we hired lots of people, and we ended running into 10 different directions. Um, so if you want to, and then, you know, we, we figured it out again. If you want to hear more about this, check out my my talk on the Growth Mentor Summit. Yeah, I'll be definitely checking that out myself. I'll, I'll make sure to put in the show notes as well, so if other people are interested. Um, all right, so uh, again, end off each chat with what I call the top three. Uh, you ready? Yeah, I was born already. <laughs> nice. Yeah, number one, you already actually answered it. Yeah, but I was going to ask your favorite book. Do you have another one other than Traction? Um, so my, f I always ask people when I hire them, what are the top three books? What are the three books that had the biggest impact in your life, and what was the last book that you've read? Because I, like I want to see if they're in a growth mindset. So if they actually read books, they educate themselves. If not, they're not really not a good fit for for the environment that I like to have here. And then the top three books, because I want to see what, you know, I want to get good book tips, right? Because I'm a total book nerd. And so Traction is, in terms of business, the book that had the biggest impact for me in, in, in the last few years. Then um, Napoleon Hill books. You're familiar with Napoleon Hill? Yeah, of course. Think and Grow Rich. And he wrote yeah. one book called Outwitting the Devil, which he didn't dare to publish. He lived mm. in, the, in the 1930s or so. Um, and he, the book was published... 10 years ago, something like this. And this is like really crazy eye-opening for me. And the other one is the four agreements. Um, it's also like a, from a personal development standpoint, a really eye-opening book for me um, that helped me to really overcome a lot of hurdles that I had in my personal life in terms of, you know, being, being a, when you're a founder of a business that's fast growing, you have to kind of grow yourself. Otherwise the business outgrows you. And these business, these books tremendously helped me with that. Nice. I like that. I'll definitely check out both of those. I haven't read them. Um, number two, your favorite vacation spot. I don't really, I, I live at a vacation spot right now. True. I was <laughs> going to say, yeah, like where else do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> nice. and, I, and I travel a lot. So I'm, I'm, I don't really, I, I can't answer this question because I, I travel so much and, um, 
yeah so i, I, I can't really right. say that yeah fair enough fair enough and um lastly if you can go back what's the one thing that you wish you knew when you were just starting out in business i wish i would have read traction if we would have had traction the traction book um in the early days of max cdn we would have probably like 10x the company no joke because all these lessons that are in this book we've kind of figured out with a lot of blood sweat and tears and failure um and yeah with this this would have completely changed the game really okay i'm gonna definitely be going on uh i think amazon's gonna see a spike in traction sales because <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people will be picking that one up all right perfect david thank you so much really enjoyed this chat i i, I really do appreciate your time thank you costa thank you for having me it was fun yeah we'll, we'll chat soon thanks again Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear it. Be sure to check out founderviews.com for my latest posts and episodes on my journey with everything SaaS, business, and startups. Talk to you later. Peace.